Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, uh, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's. Cure your craving, stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. I am your host, Scott Wright of the Oklahoma, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. Jacob, we're coming up on, uh, on game week of McNeese State. The most interesting thing about this game, well, there's two interesting things. It's Cowboys versus Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> which a lot of people haven't realized yet. Yeah, we can't use the word Cowboys in our yes. stories. Like I've, I have struggled with that. Right. As I was working on a story last night for tomorrow's paper, I was thinking, I want to go write Cowboys. Like I, I can't do that. Even right. if I mention Oklahoma State in the same sentence, I'm still not comfortable saying Cowboys later. It, it's, yeah, it's exactly. A paragraph, anything. I just, no. it, it's, it's a strange feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I will we, say the Cowboys are going to win this week. That's right. Just like OSU was going to win last week. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We came off a week where the we orange and black team was going to win last couldn't week. Too. Use, couldn't use OSU last week. Now we can't use Cowboys this week. Uh, I'm sure we're for Tulsa week where in, we can use yes, our normal exactly. our normal verbiage here. In, <laughs> uh, in in doing some research, I did find out that they used the phrase "go pokes." Th- yeah, I saw that they, too. They spell it G E A U X though. It's uh, yeah. My so. uh, my wife when I told her, I said, "Oh, I can't use Cowboys this week." She said. About pokes, and about that point, mm-hmm. I was going down their website. And I said, "Never mind, they yep. use pokes. They use that too." <laughs> and they got the uh, the cowboy uh, on the uh, on the bucking bronco as uh, as one of their logos as well. So, um, the other interesting thing, uh, as you um, sort of alluded to there, Ed Orgeron's son is McNeese State's quarterback, Cody. And we'll get to that in the second segment, uh, and then third segment will be uh, mailbag. But uh, uh, some interesting stuff there in uh, in the dynamic of. Division one coach, college uh, a, a son who's a quarterback trying to go to college, uh, got the uh, same dynamic going on at Oklahoma State. So we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, let you get into your story that is in in, in Friday's paper. Um, but uh, but let's uh, let, let's start with this. What can actually be learned by playing McNeese State? Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. That's that's the correct answer. That's the correct um, answer. You know, I think we're we're gonna get to see a chance to see Drew Brown. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna learn just, I mean, what what he looks like maybe right. as a quarterback a yeah. little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. they're obviously. I don't think they're gonna push him necessarily. Right. Um, if it was as close as the coaches say it was in the camp, he's pretty talented and he's gonna come in and get a chance to show that this game. Um, you know, we might get to see some third string guys we don't normally get to see mm-hmm. um i think i think they're going to limit chuba's carries um i know i had the you know today talk about you know the, the, he's projected for like 300 carries according to gundy right now and it might be much i don't know that he's going to get 25 carries again no, this I week um, i would be stunned if he did um i'd be, be stunned if he gets more than 10 yeah yeah you know he's gonna and he's gonna have some big runs i think mm-hmm. in those 10 carries yeah. uh you know, I think we're, we're getting a chance to see maybe see the defense be solidified a little bit. Maybe if you know the defensive line kind of comes back intact, you kind of get a chance to see them and get some rhythm, and uh, maybe a chance for the secondary to kind of settle in. You know, they had some moments last week where they they gave up some big plays, and this might be a chance just maybe for some guys like that to settle in and some young guys to to really get in there. Maybe that's what I look to learn from this. Maybe right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, on top of also covering my first college football game, so right. <laughs> so yeah. there's a little bit of learning on my end too. But uh, you at know. least your first one is not you on your couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not on my couch. Yes, yeah. and uh, um, and as a as a college beat writer, I've covered I've freelanced some games and things. Right, and covered, right, right, right. I covered some games on a lot in paper too, but this is different. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm gonna you know that's what I kind of look to learn. What about you? Yeah, no, same uh, same type of thing. Uh, I am interested to see Drew Brown. Interested to see some of the other uh, maybe receivers that get involved. Um, you know, get uh, get Braden Johnson a chance to uh, redeem himself after that uh, that that drop 
at Oregon State. You know, if he gets more in the mix, uh, Pat McCoffman yeah, didn't play McCoffin, a ton. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see uh, we'll see more from him. Um, but yeah, the defense you just want to see them be solid uh, because you can't you can't expect. I mean, they're they're going to be more talented, but you just don't want to see. Um, you know, giving up a bunch of third down conversions again, or uh, you know, not getting any takeaways. That's uh, those are two things that uh, that really need to change in a week like this. So, are, are you looking more for the Cowboy backs this week too? Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested yeah. in them a little bit. I, they, I, they I were, think I think they might slow play them a little mm-hmm. bit, maybe not give away everything that they're uh, yeah. that they're working on there. Um, you know, Gleason obviously likes the uh, the the two tight end sets. Gunny mentioned that that was something that uh, that he had done in his past. That uh, that Gleason had done in his past that um, that they sort of liked integrating into uh, into this offense with Jelani Woods and and Logan Carter in particular. They had both those guys on the field a lot. Uh, we'll see. I, I expect that to continue a decent amount. But um, as far as really getting them involved in the passing game, I think they kind of slow play that a little bit because I feel like they think Jelani Woods could be a star this year, and they don't want to don't want to don't want to show their hand too early. Right? Yeah. On you, some of that, you've stuff. got the ability. You don't have to show too much. I yeah. mean, we're, we're probably not going to learn too much about the playbook. No. This week. No. 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 Uh, they can get away with that. Yeah. Exactly. So. You want to see you want to see consistency and uh, and and not no fatal mistakes. You don't want to see um, Spencer Sanders coming out and throwing a couple of picks yeah, or uh, putting the ball on the ground that sort of stuff. Do you do you think we'll get to see your favorite player Tom Hutton punt a little bit more this week? Mm, more? Mm, I don't know. That we'll see more than two. Yeah. That's uh, that's a tough call. Uh, I, I I would say if it's more than two, I'll be surprised. Maybe second half when you guys yeah. do some. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if we see him before the middle of the third quarter, that yeah. will probably be a little bit of a, a little bit <laughs> right. of a surprise at that at that point. So, um, I just uh, I just I want to see him really unleash on one though. We haven't we haven't seen him do that. yet. Yeah, no, he didn't do that in Oregon. No. So anyway, that'll be uh, that's some of the, some of the things to look forward to uh, out of this week. Um, just the home opener is uh, is is fun though. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, some energy that's uh, that's unique to that, even though it's a, a lower level opponent. And uh, we'll get more into that. There's a question about uh, about FCS schools in the uh, in the mailbag that we'll uh, that we'll address. So we'll uh, we'll jump into that. But uh, but seeing the atmosphere at, at Boone Piggins again, getting um, you know getting uh, excited and, and ready for the season because they don't they got a lot of road games starting out the year. So fans need to take advantage of this, even though it's uh, uh, an FCS opponent. Get out and uh, and do your thing. Do your uh, your, uh, your 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 grilling on uh, the tailgates and hitting Eskimo Joe's or wherever you like to go for your uh, your pregame stuff. Zaxby's is right down the road, mm-hmm. within walking distance of the stadium. So uh, get out and hit all those places and then enjoy the uh, enjoy the time because it's uh, it's a few weeks before they before they return. So. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back and uh, talk uh, college coaches and their uh, quarterback sons right after this. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. I'm Scott Wright, your host, joined by Jacob Unruh. Jacob, you got a story going in Friday's paper about Cody Orgeron and sort of about Gunnar Gundy as well. Yeah, yeah, um, he, he's a very minor part of this, but right? Yeah. But it's uh, the 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 whole idea is that 
McNeese State quarterback Cody Orgeron is the son of LSU coach Ed Orgeron. And Mike Gundy is obviously the Oklahoma State coach mm-hmm. and has a son now in high school, a senior in high school, trying to make a college decision. He's got some uh, some you know, mid-level uh, Division One programs looking at him. Probably has some some other options that uh, that are out there that we don't know about yet. Um, and he's always got the offer on the table to walk on at Oklahoma State. Uh, but uh, but sort of let's. First of all, t- talk about Cody a little bit because it sounds like he was a pretty interesting kid. Yeah, um, Cody. Cody's uh, a, a, was a fun interview, actually. To be honest, yeah. uh, I asked him one question. The first question I asked him, he gave me two hundred seventy word answer. <laughs> I, I, was, I counted it up. I was like, "Wow, all right, this is this is gonna be fun." But um, he's a kid that obviously his dad coached at USC, was the head coach at Ole Miss. Like he bounced around with his dad. He he talked about playing catch with Reggie Bush and <laughs> Troy Polamalu and Patrick Willis and guys like that, like being around those guys a lot as a kid. So football was always kind of there for him. He mm-hmm. wasn't ever that serious about it. I think he walked away in around middle school time, mm-hmm. um, became a really good tennis star in Louisiana, won a couple state titles as, in tennis in high school, um, and then he kind of hit a growth spurt right before his senior year, kind of junior year, senior year. Only played high school football one year as senior as a starting quarterback. His twin brother was a receiver, uh, Parker, and um, they went to the state semifinals in, I think, 5A there in Louisiana. Um, so, I mean, he had talent right away. Um, there just wasn't those opportunities there for a quarterback that late in the recruiting process. Um, he had the option to go to LSU, from what I understand, but his dad actually told him to go elsewhere. His dad said no. Go to McNeese. His brother was going to McNeese on a scholarship. Said, so go walk on to McNeese. He coached there in the 80s. Um, he's like, go there. I know this place. It's close to home. Go make a name for yourself, basically. Um, so Cody had to walk on. He was he told me his fifth string, and he made maybe a buck sixty at the time. And uh, he's 185 now, so he's put on some decent weight. Um, eventually got a scholarship, and then this year was named the starting quarterback um, under Sterling Gilbert's. You know, his new offense coming in there, the head coach, yeah. first year's head coach, and um, he he's in there as a starting quarterback now. But he he completely Cody completely recommends for someone like Gunner go elsewhere, go make your own name. Go be yourself. Go prove that it's not your dad getting you this far. Mm-hmm. That it's that it's yourself. Yeah. Um, that's what he believes. Um, now, whether or not Gunner sticks to that, right. I don't know. Um, I know Gunner pretty well uh, for the last few years in the high school beat, writing a lot about Gunner and getting to talk with him a bunch. Um, he's open to playing for for Mike. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't made any kind of decision though. Right. Um, Eastern Michigan's the one like Division One offer he has. He has chances elsewhere. M- he has Division two offers all in state. They're all they've all offered all that. Um, right. I'm sure he can go junior college if he wanted. Um, it's just that I think he's waiting for someone else to pull the trigger if they can. Uh, but the problem is, is he's literally he's literally had some of these Division one Power five coaches whatever say you're just gonna, we're, we're we're fearful to offer you and you're just going to go play for your dad. Like right. we, you know, right. there's only so many offers they can make for quarterback. Exactly. Um, and so that's the biggest issue there, but. It's really interesting when you start talking to Cody though, because Cody's like, "No, my dad said go, go mm-hmm. away. You know, right. basically go, right. go, go away and go, go, go make a name for yourself elsewhere." Um, and and it's been the best thing he said. It's the best decision he's made. Yeah, it, it's it, it's really fascinating because if you look at uh, the the things that Gunner has to juggle in this, um, you know, obviously Oklahoma State is a big part of his entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, Stillwater it means a lot to him. Uh, the idea of, of of being at Oklahoma State on the football team playing for his dad has both positives and negatives. 
Um, it, Mike has been very open about how uh, how tough he is with, in film study with uh, with Gunner. Um, you know, plus you're looking at a at a program that's got a redshirt freshman quarterback right now. Um, they've got a true freshman already on campus who is pretty talented, and a and a, a guy committed already for Gunner's class in the 2020 class mm-hmm. uh, in Shane Illingworth, who is also pretty talented and a different type of player. So, um, you know. Gunner could be, you know, walking into a, uh, a a really tough situation to ever have an opportunity to to get on the field. So, um, you know, you you got to juggle. You know, do I want to go find somewhere where I can play right away or or fairly soon in my career? Do I want to stay here, play for my dad, have that chance? Maybe eventually have to fight with all of these all these other guys that I'm I'm going to have to battle against. Um, you know, all of these all of these. Do I actually want to play for my dad? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's uh, that's a, that's a tough part. And Mike talked about um, you know the, the the struggle of not being able to see his son play. Yeah, and that's uh, that's you know Mike has been very open about saying he wants Gunner to make his decision. Um, but you know, as a father, that's uh, that's a tough idea of, uh, of it, thinking that your your son's going to be playing the same time you're playing. And, mm-hmm. and it, you I was actually speaking. I was reading that with uh, doing research on Cody and, and Ed Orgeron. Um, Cody's la- first start was last year. He got to make a start last mm-hmm. year. Um, and Orgeron actually it was LSU's bye week. So yeah. he got to go and watch the game, watch his son start. Um, the funny thing was they didn't announce it publicly that he was going to start, but Orgeron announced it on his coach's show. Oh, wow. Like, he was ah, like, I, I'm going to be – the, they were asking what he's going to do this weekend on his off week, and he's like, I'm going to go see my son start at quarterback. And everyone's like, wait a second, <laughs> he's starting now? Like, you know, and, uh, and, oh, and that kind great. of thing. And so he got to go and, and watch that. So, you know, there's kind of that, like – you might get a chance maybe on a bye week right, if you right. you know if your son's playing elsewhere and happens yeah. to be playing that day but yeah that's that's a struggle right there i can't imagine um not being able to go watch your own son play right you yeah. know because mike's really good about going on friday nights yeah um if mm-hmm. they're in town not traveling right um he is there on a friday night i've seen him multiple times at Stillwater yeah. games the last few years um sometimes he'll fly in on his helicopter uh, he and uh, Jason McAdoo, yeah. uh, you know, because McAdoo's son's also right. at uh, at Stillwater High right now, and so uh, they kind of you know make it work. Yeah, and um, you know, I went down. Um, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago that I went down to uh, to Lawton uh, one week when uh, when Stillwater was down there, and uh, and you know they were all down there on on a Friday night when when OSU had a home game, so. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal to Mike, and uh, and so it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how that plays out. Again, that story is uh, will be uh, online and in the paper uh, in the Oklahoman on Friday. So be sure that you uh, that you check that out. Lots of uh, lots of good information in that story. Very interesting uh, dynamic that uh, that those kids have to I, uh, have to go through. I ran out of horse ideas. I'm sorry. That's all right. You know, that's all right. So that's, that's, uh, I ran good. out of ideas on that. Hey, so. listen, uh, I tried. I reached out try to get bb as a guest uh <laughs> apparently he did not want to come on the podcast it's uh, it's understandable yeah it's understandable he, uh, you know it's he's uh, busy now he's he's, he's a really popular uh, really popular horse right now so um all right well let's uh, let's take a quick break we got a lot of stuff to get to in the mailbag we'll come right back on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's
We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. It is mailbag time. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh, answering your questions from Twitter and to uh, pick up on the theme of, uh, of the last segment. Uh, Crazy Ivan asks, what are the chances Gunnar Gundy goes to OSU? And if he never gets on the field, will he be groomed to be a grad assistant coach one day? I think we answered the question. We have no idea on the odds. I actually am starting to lean towards I think they might be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and this is just my speculation. I mm-hmm. haven't talked to Gunnar about it in a, in a, in a few months now. But um, the later it gets in this recruiting process for a quarterback, the harder it gets. Yeah. You only take one a class, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, the offers not came in yet, and I assume some of these schools are probably already filling up their quarterback recruiting. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to wonder if maybe that's going to be his best option to go to OSU. Now, as far as the grad assistant thing, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, Gunner is um, highly intelligent right. quarterback. Um, he's very technically sound for the most part, uh, makes very good decisions out there. Um, so that's not a bad career path right. for him to take if uh, he wants to go that direction. But, like I said, it's just speculation of whether that's good odds or not. Yeah. All right. Several questions from Weston here, so we'll try to knock these out real fast. Was it more of the game plan to not put pressure on the quarterback or the lack of experience on the defensive line? Um, I lean a little bit toward game plan because I, I, they didn't bring a lot of help for the defensive line. They they rushed their linemen pretty much, or uh, or uh, you know they didn't try to overpower with blitzes. Um, so I think that there are things that they're going to do in the future that are going to uh, going to help. Now, I, as the third down conversions kept piling up at Oregon State, I sort of uh, expected them to do something different, but uh, but they they chose not to, and um, you know had kind of kind of backed off by uh, by that point. After they got the thirty one ten lead, they uh, they sort of seemed comfortable just running their base defense. Safety struggled uh, in this game. Uh, is this due to the flight there, the delay getting to the game, running zone defense, or not putting enough pressure on the quarterback? Um, uh, that I mean, you got yeah, a lot of those things. I don't know that the, that the flight there was necessarily yeah, an issue. Yeah, no, they got there early enough. I think that's not an issue. Yeah, um, there was the the delay. They got there thirty five minutes later than they had uh, than they had planned to. Um, but I, I don't know how much that is a is a big deal. I, I, uh, the I think, zone defense or pressure on the quarterback, I think, can both yeah. factor into that. Also, particularly Isaiah Hudgens, but the other receivers they're, were, were they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I was going to say Oregon State's offense wasn't bad. That's we, yeah. we've got to keep in mind here. Their offensive line's a veteran line, and um, I, I thought Hudgens was was really impressive. And yeah. So I mean, guys like that. I mean, they're, you know, they're going to get their plays right. Just, I mean, Oregon State's going to go and score points a lot of weeks anyways on anybody. Yeah. They're just not going to stop anybody. Yeah, and they had a six-year senior quarterback uh, who's a veteran guy, and they made some double moves that, that got them some, got some guys open. So, um, Also asks, Malcolm Rodriguez was our uh, one of our top tacklers last year as a safety. Uh, Sterling Trey Sterling was one of our top tacklers this week. Not good. Um, not really a question, but uh, – but, uh, you know, I think that safety position is very similar to a linebacker mm-hmm. in a lot of defenses. You got to think there's only two linebackers 
on the field. So I don't I don't get hugely concerned. Now, uh, the fact that Rodarius Williams was one of the top tacklers in this that, game. That's a little concerning. That was a little bit more concerning because it makes you feel like people are just going to pick on him, try to pick on him a lot. And uh, if, uh, if, if they're afraid of A.J. Green, they're going to start going to that side of the field and then you have to uh, sort of adjust to uh, a position where you're you're hoping to be able to rely on that guy in in one-on-one situations uh he's got a couple more uh one about injuries that uh, someone else asked and we'll get to in a second but uh does malcolm rodriguez stay at linebacker which i think is a fascinating question we don't know yet we don't know i mean uh, we don't know bundage's situation entirely yet um if bundage comes back and could stay healthy I don't think Malcolm stays there because you've got Calvin Mundage. Right. But if he can't stay healthy, then Malcolm, I think, stays there. And, and you know, and with Mundage's back injury being what it is, it might be beneficial for him to stay there anyway uh, just because you need some depth there. So if uh, if Trey Sterling continues to play the way that he has and uh, they feel comfortable with other backups that they've got at safety, uh, I think that, that, uh, that it could be a, a, a somewhat long-term situation. Uh, Patty in Tulsa asks, how many of these four guys on defense will be starters by the Texas game? Antwine, uh, Israel Antwine, uh, he says Harper. I assume he means Devin Harper, Calvin Bundage, or Trace Ford. I'm uh, – what, what do you think? I, 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 got a, I got a number in my head that I'm comfortable with. What do you think? So Antwine – sorry, I want to make, make sure I want to get this here. Mm-hmm. Devin Harper. Devin Harper. Calvin okay. Bundage. Calvin Bundage. Trace Ford. Two. Going with two? Maybe. Right. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm sticking I, with one. The one I think is Antoine. Yeah. I, I think, think Antoine's going to be the starter, and I think if Trace Ford continues to progress, you have a shot that he might get in there, but that's the only one I think. See, if I was going two, I probably would have put Bundage. And Bundage, uh, Bundage is the health related to me. I just right. don't know that. Yeah, he's going to be ready by then. I think I think Ford has so much experience ahead of him mm-hmm. with Mike Scott and uh, and and Brock Martin. That's that, true. That I think that uh, he's going to be involved heavily. Yeah. Uh, we 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 know that. Um, I I don't know that they're going to start him over over those other two guys. Devin Harper, I think, um, you know, he's still working back, and it could be um, if he's if he's playing by the Texas game. I think that's a, that's a good sign yeah. for him. So yeah. I'm uh, I'm going with one out of uh, out of those four that uh, that I think is, uh, is going to be. A start. I think Antoine's for sure. I think once Antoine Antoine gets on the field. Um, and kind of starts playing. I think it's just a matter of time before he's the starter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting question here from Gary Busey's Amazon Fire TV, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, and he clearly has no idea what our podcast is. He just saw my tweet asking for questions. But no. uh, what is it going to take for Gundy to, one, decide, and two, successfully recruit at a level to make the college football playoff, a.k.a. top ten? Um, I mean – deciding to i mean he's he, he's trying to recruit the best players he can yeah i don't I, they're not they're, it's not like they're going out just hoping to only find two and three star guys they're they're trying to recruit i understand that he that he gets a bad rap from a lot of fans are are annoyed by things and it and that was uh was sort of uh you know mike holder threw some some gas on the fire with his comments last year and um you know i get it i mean you know there are only so many quarterbacks like that have Spencer Sanders talent and are comfortable 
going, you know, Spencer Sanders loves Stillwater because mm-hmm. it feels like home to him. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a small town country boy type of guy. Um, you know, not everybody can can handle being in a in a place like Stillwater. Um, you know, there are are, are a lot of, uh, of four and five star guys who just aren't going to aren't going to look at, at living in Stillwater because mm-hmm. they want to be in a in a big city or a, a, at least close to one. So, um, you know, I think I think that Gundy has the uh, has the ability between he and his coaching staff to put together that type of team and i think that they uh, that they are they're getting that talent i think they had that talent two years ago and and some things just didn't some pieces just didn't fall together uh when mason rudolph and uh james washington and marcel aitman and all those guys were seniors um things just didn't uh, didn't fall together at the right time um so you know you look at, at spencer sanders and and we've only seen him for one game but what it looks like he could potentially be is the type of quarterback that that makes you a top 10 team and you know he's going to have offensive talent around him um you know defense remains a question and we'll see what direction that goes we'll get to talk about the defense some more here in the re, uh, the rest of the mailbag so um Oklahoma's own DJ asks, "How long do you think Spencer Sanders' rope will be throughout the season?" Also, if uh, if this, uh, well, let's let's address that one before we get to the next one. Um, I think he's earned himself quite a bit of rope. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's going to make a change anytime soon unless Drew Brown somehow gets in there and just lights the world on fire even more than Spencer has. But I think I think this is Spencer's job for 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 foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. Also, if this season goes poorly defensively, do you expect a shakeup on the defensive staff, Knowles or otherwise? Um, I, I get that people are frustrated with Knowles. Um, one thing that, that, that people are forgetting is that he literally just coached his first game with players he recruited. Yeah. It, and they're true freshmen. Yeah, he's not. I mean, the, the idea that you bail on this guy right now after changing defenses – uh, changing your scheme from uh, from what Glenn Spencer was doing uh, right now, when when he's had you know one recruiting class to bring in, and and we're seeing some of those guys play now as true freshmen. Um, you know, it's just it's just uh, it, there's got you got to you got to be patient with the guy yeah. at, at some point. If you if you want to if you if you bail on him now, you're 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 putting yourself right back where you were and, and you're starting I, over again. I haven't been around obviously that long but like Gundy seems like a guy that's not going to make a quick decision on right. something like that right. anyways. I think he's going to understand hey this is you know you've had one recruiting class right. you know yeah. like you've come in and you and and they're and early signs on some of these freshmen they have are pretty good. And yeah. so yeah, absolutely. you know it's not like he's had much of a chance yet. So yeah. I think you know he's had one game with those guys um and you know we're not going to learn much this week. May not learn much next week against Tulsa because mm-hmm. um, Tulsa's offense looks like it's really struggling right now. Um, you'll learn something against Texas, but I still don't think you can judge Knowles uh, until another year or two just right. to kind of see where everything's going. As far as the rest of the staff, um, I think they, uh, for the most part, like what they've got. Um, you know, it's uh, an issue of uh, do those guys and Jim Knowles 
mesh together the way that uh, that you would hope. If if they do, I wouldn't expect them to make any changes there. If they don't mesh, and they're realizing that now in year two, uh, there could be some uh, some changes along the way. Uh, you also have a, an issue of somebody like Joe Bob Clemens could be up for some defensive coordinator jobs. I think in the uh, in the near future. So. That could lead to uh, to some some change and some turnover as well, but I don't uh, I don't see anybody just uh, just getting fired over over anything right now. Um, next question: What good could come from playing an FCS school? You win, and you're supposed to you get beat, and there goes the season. I don't think getting beat is a uh, is a concern when they put these teams on the schedule. No, the, no. the rarity of, of that is uh, is is so so slim. The, that the ones that get beat that are FBS schools or the lower FBS schools anyways. They're yeah. not usually the Big right. 12s or the... What is it, five times? I think Barry, Barry yeah. Trammell blogged about it earlier this week. I think five times that uh, an FCS school is, has beat a ranked uh, yeah. F- FBS program. So Yeah, it's so rare. Like I, I think I think what you gain from this is just you get a game. I mean, right. you know... Um, and it's and let's, it, let's be honest, it's all financial. Yeah, it's, it's it's you save the money. It's cheaper to get a program like McNeese or Missouri State that doesn't uh, that doesn't charge an outrageous amount. They're not looking for one point five million dollars to come play you. You know, you know, you throw a few hundred thousand dollars at them, they come uh, come play you. You get a win. And, um, and on a year you have to go to Oregon State. If you're OSU, like you want to save that money. You've already yeah. paid all this travel money. You go exactly. So now you travel. You, you get McNeese State back. You save some money there. And then you travel to Tulsa. I mean, then that's yeah. not going to be that expensive. So, you know, there's there is a lot of financial aspects to this. Yeah, absolutely. Coleman asks, uh, what needs to happen to turn the defense around? How do we? How do we so consistently have a bad D despite getting solid recruits? I mean, I think I think part of it is is the fact that they're going they're still going through a transition right mm-hmm. now. I think that the defense is going to get better. I think that uh, uh, you know there was uh, they were they were very vanilla on uh, on on Friday against Oregon State. They're going to be vanilla this week too. We're not, yeah. not going to answer these questions in, for right. a few weeks. On exactly the, on the defense. Exactly. So. That's uh, that's 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 the thing, and, and I, like I said before, I get that uh, that people are are concerned and that that that, that bothers them. But um, you know, let's see where the defense stands, you know, a month from now. James asks Sanders only threw for 200 yards last week. At some point, I feel like he's going to have to win a game with his arm and as a passer, and not because of his and Chuba's legs. Is there reason to be hesitant on if he can win a game with his arm, or did he show enough last week? A little vanilla last week too, right? I mean, right. I mean, he was he was 19 of 24. Yeah, I mean, what do you? They I mean, had a, a drop on a deep ball, mm-hmm. had a, a touchdown pass that was ruled out of bounds as for one of his incompletions. I think he showed plenty. Yeah. His his accuracy was was better than I expected. That throw to Landon Wolf still stands out to me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a great throw. Yeah, um, it was. And he was on point with Tylen. It seemed like mm-hmm. they they connected really well in the end yeah, zone. Definitely. Um, I, I think I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, Rob asks, we were at Oregon State uh, and we're impressed by the Cowboy fan turnout. Have you heard any estimates on how many fans we may have had? Obviously, with the team colors, it was impossible to estimate outside of OSU's allotted section. We sat in the quote-unquote terrace. Lots of fans there. Uh, I went down on the field before the game, 
uh, when the crowds were just filtering in, and I could kind of get a look up at the fans. It's easier to tell from the front if it's uh, which OSU it was, uh, because the orange and black obviously did make it very difficult. There were a lot of Oklahoma State fans there. I would guess at least a couple thousand, maybe uh, maybe significantly more than that. But that was that's just my guess. I never heard any uh, OSU official made making a uh, making any type of guesses. But I was uh, I was impressed with uh with with how many there were um trying to to knock these out real quick because we uh we are running short on time but what was up with ld seems like uh, he was slow on kickoff returns and either the blocking was horrible on every handoff to him or he's not waiting long enough or he's waiting too long or folks are keying off something he didn't look like himself i kind of wondered if maybe he um maybe he got hurt on that touchdown run that was an impressive run yeah it was by far his best run of the night, and he was grinding through the line to get in there for the uh, for the touchdown there. Um, so I wondered if uh, if maybe he hurt himself because I was uh, I was right there with you. I didn't think he looked like himself after um, after that touchdown run. Um, why does OSU have the worst defense in the Big Twelve and one of the very worst in the country? Can't be Big Twelve offenses because there are eight nine teams in the Big Twelve that, that do a better job. I think I think I think we're going to see improvement from the Big Twelve from the uh, from the defense of, I, of Oklahoma State. People were really harsh after one game they on are, this defense was, against Oregon State. Oregon yeah. State's not a bad offense. They yeah. had a really good running back, a veteran quarterback, really good receiver, an offensive. I mean, it's not a bad offense. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not OU or Texas. I mean, I, right. I, I get that, but. That's and a, that's a good offense, and it's on the road game. Oklahoma I mean, State was without what we both agreed is a, yeah. a starting defensive lineman. Yeah, uh, they and were a starting linebacker too. Without really, yeah, I mean. without well, without three of uh, three linebackers that would be in their probably top six or five mm-hmm. five on the depth chart in their top four if you take Malcolm Rodriguez out. Um, three guys that they expected to be filling their depth chart. Um, and they had a, a new starter in it at a, at a crucial safety position because of the move of Rodriguez. So you had a lot, and then you factor in the game plan and uh, and all those sorts of things. So um, I, there's there's going to be progress from this defense. We might not see it until uh, until they go down to Austin and play Texas, but I think you're going to see progress. You're going to see uh, you're going to see progress beyond this year. Jim Knowles has shown that he can recruit talent. Uh, Trace Ford is uh, is obviously uh, proof of that right now. Yeah. J- Jaden Jernigan playing on the defensive mm-hmm. line as a true freshman. Thomas Harper has been the buzz of uh, of 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 camp going back to the spring. So um, you know Jim Knowles' first recruiting class was was really solid, and um, you know his second one looks to be pretty well, pretty uh, pretty good too. So I think he's going to be fine. Guy deserves some time. That's um, that's what I think, and and you know defense in the big 12 period is uh, is tough so all right man i think that's going to wrap it up for right. uh, for this uh, extended extended mailbag a lot of good stuff in that one for jacob unruh i am scott wright this is the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's cure your craving stop in today or visit zaxby's.com mm-hmm.